Hello everyone, welcome to the second episode of Spilling the Shea with Agape. Um, we made it this far. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, today we're going to be talking about, just as the title suggests, my layoff experience, what happened, the lessons I learned, um, and I just want to share the whole story from A to Z with you guys today. Um, if you're looking for a funny, lighthearted episode, this is not the episode for you. Um, I would check out my crazy, crazy travel stories, which is my first episode. This one is definitely a lot more um, serious and more of a storytelling lesson learned type of podcast versus something to laugh at. Um, so I'm going to sprinkle in these little serious discussions here and there in the podcasts. But yeah, <clears throat> the way I want to kind of structure this is I want to talk for about uh, for a little bit about my career, how I got my job, and you know how I decided which career I wanted to go into. And then I'm going to focus the bulk of today's podcast on my layoff um, and you know what I learned and what happened and everything like that. So uh, in true spilling the shea fashion, I am going to share with you guys what tea I'm drinking. I'm drinking a decaf Earl Grey with milk. However, it is half gone and hella cold <laughs> because... Um, I was, you know, getting ready to film this episode, and then, of course, like always, I went on my phone and I started scrolling through those Instagram reels, uh, aka TikToks, and I just got lost for like an hour, so my tea is cold and, you know, it's <laughs> just like not ideal, but it's fine. Everyone's got to scroll through TikTok once in a while. And then I also wanted to give a quick disclaimer that I won't be mentioning my company's name. If you know me, you know what the company is, but I don't want to you know, say it today. So yeah, let us get started with education. So I decided to study business administration. I got my bachelor's degree from the University of Washington in business administration, specifically in marketing and HR management. And the reason why um, is because, well, first of all, I should say my mom was like, you need to go into medicine. You need to be a dentist. You need to blah, 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 blah. You need to be a lawyer. Um, and she was like, you know how to argue. You'd be a great lawyer. I was like, ma'am, that is not what a lawyer does. <laughs> and so, I mean, I guess they do, but there's a lot more that goes into being a lawyer than knowing how to argue. So um, didn't want to do that. I really wanted to pursue something that would be very general. I could, you know, getting a degree in business means that you can do a multitude of different things. You can work in any part of a corporation uh, within their business functions and so it's just a lot more versatile than say working um, specifically in something else plus I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do so it made more sense for me Loki um, so yeah, I just wanted to put that as kind of a little bit of an explanation and a little bit of background for what I chose to study and what I chose to do but now let's get into how I got my job and my internship so I went to the University of Washington and at their business school, they would have career fairs. So we're talking once a quarter, a bunch of companies like Amazon, Pepsi, Microsoft, Facebook, um, all the big companies in the Pacific Northwest would come to the, to the University of Washington and would set up camp and would you know recruit early career talent or early entry level talent. And so I networked with a bunch of companies and then I ne networked with my company. And frankly, I had a really awkward conversation with the girl. We talked about the weather for like six minutes and I literally timed it <laughs> because it was so goddamn awkward, y'all. But I think 
I guess I made a good impression because I gave that girl my resume and then I ended up getting a um, an interview for the following week um, and then I got a job off offer shortly after the interview so I was like super excited because this company it was was one of the fortune 25 huge companies in the United States and I was like wow I can't believe I got this this is amazing I'm so honored and I went to the internship and I learned a lot I mean it was definitely one of those job one of those internships that taught me a lot I had never been in a corporate America setting before and this is just about the most corporate <laughs> job you can possibly or company you could possibly work for so it was a lot of learning for me and I I I would say I learned a lot but when I left I was kind of like I don't know if this culture is for me um I mean it, it was it's definitely it was a it's it's a manufacturer so it's a very traditional uh, old company with very traditional values very bureaucratic like the way you would think of a corporate America company in like, you know, the 50s is kind of the way this operates even till this day in 2020. Um, so I was a little bit apprehensive, I, not a little bit, I was a lot apprehensive about the culture of the company. Um, but w shortly before I left my internship, they offered me a full-time position. And like I said, deep down, I knew that it was culturally not a good fit for me and I didn't love it that much. But I was like, you know what, you are being a little picky hoe because this Fortune 25 company that has an excellent reputation is offering you a full-time job right out of college with a good salary here in, in Washington. It's like everything kind of fell into place and there's a lot of opportunities, so you'd be a fool not to accept it. Um, and so I put pressure on myself and um, I think there was pressure from people being like, oh, you're so lucky because you have this offer. You know, I have to go back to my senior year and keep trying and everything for another job. So I ended up accepting the offer. But if I could go back in time to that period of time when I had two weeks to accept, I would have declined the offer, which I know is a bold statement. But at the end of the day, like I knew the culture wasn't it for me. I knew that it wasn't some somewhere I wanted to be and somewhere I meshed well. So when I had that opportunity being a senior in college to network and to attend career fairs, um, I should have taken that because it's so much harder and I'm a testament to it now to find a job when you're outside of university because you don't have those same resources. So I guess if you're listening to this and you're making that kind of decision, that's my advice. Go with your gut because nine times out of ten, your gut, you know what you want deep down and you have the answer. So no matter what, you know, no matter what people say, no matter what you think you should do, listen to what feels right to you and I should have taken that risk on myself to go and find another job that fulfilled me more um so yeah anyway I don't want to sit here and lecture but I just thought I would put that out there first so let us talk about my full-time experience so I finished off my internship went you know my senior year partied it up just kidding I literally just studied and worked and then um, I joined full time in 2019 in the summer, uh, this company. And so, man, this is, <laughs> I already know I'm about to get heated, y'all. So this company put me into various roles over my first few months there, full time that were, or various teams, I guess, that were not built to have entry level people. So like you think, 
So in most companies, the, they will operate as having like HR generalists who are the HR people for their company. But at this company, it's so big that they would have various parts of HR and specialties and there weren't really HR generalists technically um, within the company. So they put me in these very strategic, you know, specific roles where it's like when you're fresh out of college and you have only an internship as your experience, how the actual hell are you supposed to be strategic and, you know, provide all of this context when you simply don't have it, right? But also just in general, the management of these teams I were on, uh, I was on, were not preparing value-added work for me that I would be able to do and be able to do well given my level and my amount of experience and everything like that. So it just kind of led to a really shitty you know, mental state for me. I, I I had imposter syndrome. I was like, oh, I don't deserve to be here. I don't belong to be here. Or what the heck? That was in English. I don't belong here. And I kept saying to myself, I wish I was in my late 20s, early 30s. I wish I had the experience that, you know, my teammates have because it makes life so much easier. But for me, having no experience, I really felt like I couldn't do anything. And I don't think that, you know, after reflection, I don't think that's anything I could have done differently. I think it's genuinely management and shitty leadership and people making decisions about where I end up within the company that just don't make sense for someone of my of my amount of experience. But anyway, I digress. So finally, in, you know, early 2020, I said to myself, I said, you need to get your shit together. You need to take your career into your own hands and find a job and a team within this company that's going to allow you to really grow and learn. Because at this point in time, I had been in these various weird roles for months and I really felt like I didn't learn anything. So um, I went to a temporary position. So throughout the company, they'll have these temporary three or six month assignments where they need extra help, but they're not going to, you know, hire someone full time for that position. They just need extra help for a temper for, you know, a temporary amount of time. So for me, I was loaned out to this team for six months and then at the end of the six months i was supposed to return so i went to this team and i you guys it was genuinely a shit show of a team but it taught me so much i learned project management skills i learned foundations of talent acquisition because this this specific project was in talent acquisition i learned so much i was stressed but I also, they had such little people on the team that I had a lot more responsibility on the team despite being entry level. So like they put hella responsibility on me because they had to and because, you know, I was being loaned out to help with that project. So I was definitely doing work or getting paid way less for the work that I was doing, but it really allowed for me to grow and stretch and learn. So I wouldn't take it back. So. After a few months of working my ass off, I'm getting told on this temporary team that I'm so amazing and that like they wouldn't be anywhere without me. And then I get a call from my manager. Now, mind you, my manager did not call me or talk to me unless, you know, the earth was falling from, you know, or, or, or the sky was falling or something. Um, so I knew when he scheduled time on my calendar that some shit was about to go down. And I had no idea, nothing could have prepared me for what happened next. <laughs>
So my manager calls me and he says, hey Agape, I am so sorry. Um, I hate to say this, I hate to do this, but you know, you because you're temporarily on another team, you're loaded out to another team, we need to cut your position. Now, why they needed to cut the position? Because this company specifically in this industry was heavily impacted by COVID-19. And so the reduction in work, uh, I'm sorry, the reduction in force, the layoff activities, furloughs, all that stuff were just hitting this company so hard. They were laying off thousands and thousands and thousands of people, furloughing even more. So what happened was I was temporary on another team and they thought, oh, well, this position is vacant. So they decided to cut that position. So I was sitting on the phone and I just kind of heard what he said. He said, I'm so sorry, you're being laid off and you'll be leaving the company at the end of August. And my heart sunk to my stomach and I like didn't know what to say. He was like, Agape, are you still there? And I was like, yeah, no, I'm here. I was like, please give me time to process. I don't even know what to say to you. And he was like, oh, take all the time you need. And so I started telling him, I started asking questions like, well, I mean, can I, would I be able to stay at the company if I get another position elsewhere? Like if I'm able to apply to a job requisition and move over? And he said, yes, you can. Um, And I was just asking him, I was like, well, why is this happening? And then of course the floodgates started and I started crying and I have never cried at work. I've never cried on the phone. And I was just bawling my eyes out and I couldn't stop crying. And my manager, actually, this like 60-year-old white man started crying too because he couldn't, he was like, I've never had to give anyone a layoff in my 25 or 30 years at this company. I've never had to give anyone a layoff. And he was just bawling and I was bawling. And we were just like, he's like, I wish I could give you a hug. I'm so sorry for what's happening. And... I mean, truthfully, you guys, after I hung up the phone, I ended up just taking the rest of that day and the next day off. And I took the time. I was, you know, bawling my eyes out. I was in my bed crying. I was swearing at the company. I was saying, F you, company. Like, this is such a stupid situation. I cannot believe this is happening. Now, just again to give a little bit of context generally in larger companies it's very different for like medium to small companies but in larger companies they will usually cut mid-management or those that are you know doing non-manager work but have been at the company for a really long time and so they just cost a lot of money so those are usually the people that get laid off And usually entry-level people are more protected because they're the future talent pipeline. But in this situation with COVID, it's like so unprecedented. And so they are cutting bitches left and right. And there is no way to predict how they're cutting people. Um, And so I was just shocked by what was happening. I was angry. I was hurt. I was upset. I had not even been at the company for a year at that point. And I was just, I, I, I thought my world was over. And, you know, I ended up telling, you know, my family and very, very select few people about the situation because I just couldn't believe it was happening. And um, I guess I was in denial about it because I was like, how is this happening? And I thought it was a bad dream anyway. And then I said to myself, after about three or four days of just kind of wallowing in self-pity and being sad, I was like, you need to get your shit together and figure out what you're going to do next. 
and what does next steps look like for you so I decided I'm going to take two avenues. Number one, I'm going to do everything in my power to see if there's a job inside of the company. And then number two, I'm going to focus my energy outside of work on the external market. So applying to, you know, other large companies or other companies in general. The problem with that is that most companies are laying off very, very few or hiring. So the market was pretty much dead in the time that I was looking for jobs, which is really unfortunate but I still kept with it. So I just kind of want to briefly touch on the internal side. So with, within the company, what I did for that next week after I found out, and probably for the next two weeks, I had my calendar booked back-to-back meetings telling everyone in my networks. I told all, all my old managers, I told executives, I told peers of mine, I told everyone I ever met in the company. I set up a meeting on their calendar and I told them, hey, I'm being laid off and I need your help. If you find a position, send it to me, you know, within the company. If you hear of anything, rumblings of another position being available within the company, let me know. So, and, you know, honestly, you guys, to do that took so much out of me because I am not the type of, I hate pity. I am not the type of person who, you know, enjoys talking about things like this. I'm not the type of person who loves asking for help. It was fucking hard to just be, you know, vulnerable to explain people about this shitty situation and then, of course, get the pity comments and the I'm so sorry. Um, But it was necessary because what happened is instead of me in an individual person looking for another job and trying to figure out how to navigate this, I had a small army of people that were all reaching out to their network and seeing what could happen in terms of keeping me in the company, which is something that I needed. And I didn't realize how powerful your network was until, you know, a situation like this happens where it's like, I need all the help I can get. I need all the ears peeled for any opportunities or any rumblings of opportunities that I can get. And that is exactly what happened by me telling everyone. And then on the external front, like I said, I just applied to jobs, set up informational interviews, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. I didn't get any interviews during that time, but I was just trying to understand what the job market was like and just set up as many informational interviews as possible. I also prepared myself for the worst possible scenario, which was getting laid off. So financially, I saved every single penny that I got from all of from my paychecks over the next two months. I should also say that we get a two month notice for a layoff. (laughs) Um, I don't know if I mentioned that earlier, but I prepared myself financially. I prepared myself to be on unemployment insurance. I prepared in terms of what does that look like? How do I apply for unemployment insurance? All that kind of stuff. I prepared myself mentally um, and I had to go through those stages of being, you know, in denial, being angry, being depressed, being sad, and then finally accepting the fact that I was going to be laid off, that I was going to be unemployed for the first time since I was like 15. I was going to be unemployed against my will. But I had to, I got all of my ducks in a row for preparing for should that situation come to fruition. I feel confident that I am prepared in every way, shape, and form. And I am so lucky to have a family and siblings and friends who support me. And like my parents were like, you're going to come live with us and you're going to come, you know, 
uh, we're going to help you through this rough time because I know a lot of people don't have that privilege. And even financially, I know a lot of people have dependents and, you know, a mortgage and all that kind of stuff. So I was very lucky that I didn't have to worry about any of that when it came to being laid off. It was mostly like my career and losing my job was my main fear. So very fortunate for that. And I definitely want to recognize that privilege. But it was, you know, petrifying to experience you know, a, a, a layoff and to think that you're going to leave your company even after just one year of employment or a little less than one year, honestly. It was like nine months. In fact, my layoff date was three days after my one year anniversary. So they said one year in, bye, bitch. <laughs> anyway, all right. So I spent weeks and weeks and weeks of this, you know, two, 60 day, two month period just getting myself ready. And then one week before I was supposed to leave the company, one goddamn week, my manager calls me and he says, hey, we actually ended up finding you a position within the company, so you're not going to leave, you're not going to be laid off. He's like, you're going to be starting this new job tomorrow, so, you know, wrap up everything you were doing on your assignment and, you know, get a transition plan in place because you're going to be leaving tomorrow. And all of the sudden, it was like, oh my gosh, wait, what just happened? I have finally come to terms and prepared myself in every way, shape, and form to leave this company in one week. And now all of a sudden, not only am I not getting laid off, but I also have this new role to prepare for. And it's like, you guys know the, the whole spiel when you join a new team or join a new company or start a new job. You have to like, you know, be like, hi, my name is Blank and I'm so excited to start. And, you know, be really curious and ask the questions and give a good impress impression. And it was like all of a sudden I went from, you know, being completely checked out and just ready to leave the company and ready to focus full time on the job search to all of a sudden, within less than 24 hours, having to, you know, rewire my brain and th not be checked out anymore and be excited and grateful about this new role. And now I'm not trying to sit here and say, it was so hard, eh, because I'm very grateful. Like, I recognize how privileged I am, but I also recognize that that wouldn't have happened if I didn't network my ass off. And, like, I, I ultimately got what I wanted, but it doesn't mean that it, the situation was any less difficult. Like, you put yourself in my shoes where you think one thing is going to happen and then all of a sudden it changes, but you're so mentally prepared for that one thing to happen. Um, and it, it took a lot out of me. I mean, the next day I was jumping into these team meetings and having to introduce myself, having to talk about where I've come from in terms of other roles I've had. And I was just like, damn, bro, like I do not want to be here. I am so checked out. I am so just mentally and emotionally exhausted by this experience. This company has dragged me through the mud and I am just so tired. How am I supposed to show up? And I also, like you guys know, I show up in a way that's very bubbly and positive and like laugh. I always am laughing on meetings, obviously within within reason, but it's like I, I have a certain way that I show up at work and to my friends and, you know, I'm very extroverted. So for me, like it was, I really forced it and I can tell people, I think people could tell it was fake because I was so tired. I was so exhausted by it all. 
and I was really struggling with my mental health and feeling motivated to like be in this new role and so I mean at one point I think it was like the second day of being in this new role and I like went to take my lunch break and I just started crying over my sandwich I was like literally crying because I was like what the fuck is happening with my life and I really you guys don't want this to come across as like very like privileged or um just I I feel like I'm coming across as very just annoying I don't know but I I can't explain to you guys just how much like emotional tug of war this company had with me and how I was just supposed to rewire my brain and it's like I was going through that and I was finally accepting that and then all of a sudden it just changes and I have to just accept that and just you know be grateful and pretend like nothing happened it's like how am I supposed to do that so I ultimately saw shrink surprise surprise I have told very few people that but I saw shrink and I started crying on the phone with her I said ma'am Suzanne was her name I am struggling so much with everything happening in my life and I don't know how to how can I reframe my mindset how can I show up in a way that makes me proud in a way that you know despite the fact that I have zero motivation to do anything how do I still do my work and do it well how do I you know stop being a freaking depressed hoe with my friends like I want to be that old agape that was happy and people wanted to be around and right now I'm just wallowing in self-pity and I don't want to I don't want to be that way anymore And she told me, she said, there are so many, she's like, first of all, you need to acknowledge that what you've been through is like abnormal. There are not very many people who have experienced number one, a layoff, number two, at your age, and number three, have, you know, survived it, if you will, like gotten, been saved, I guess, quote unquote, from a layoff. And so she said, you need to acknowledge that that actually happened and accept it. And so she said, in terms of reframing your mindset, she kind of walked me through some ways and and maybe this is not exactly what she derived for me to get from this session but I'll just kind of tell you guys how what I took away and what gives me peace where she's like you need to like based off of the way that you're describing this company and the way that it made you feel and the way that you're mentally and you know checked out and exhausted this company is not it for you this company is not something that you want to continue forward with you don't want to keep working here and even though you have a job and you're privileged like you keep saying and you're grateful that doesn't mean that you need to stay here and she said you can reframe your mindset that this company and this job which side note any computer could do it like in any other company a computer would be doing this work but that's besides the point So she said, reframe your mindset to think that this company and this job is a paycheck and it's money in your pocket, it's health insurance, it's a 401k, it's all of the benefits that come with working for a company as large as this one, but it's not your end-all be-all. It's not where you're going to end up long-term. And she said, you need to have an end in mind and you need to have light at the end of the tunnel so that you can keep going because anyone can survive shit temporarily but the minute that there's no way out of it that's when you really feel it settling in so she said make a plan for yourself say to yourself this company right now this role that i hate is temporary but what's happening is behind the scenes 
I am making moves towards my next company, towards my next role that's going to bring me fulfillment and bring me joy. And that's exactly what I did, you guys. And I mean, I'm not going to go into details of my career plans and everything, but I gave myself a deadline for, you know, I gave, first of all, I gave myself a plan for what I'm going to do during the day, how I'm going to search for jobs, you know, after work and what my schedule is going to look like, how I'm going to fulfill and do my passion projects, things that genuinely bring me happiness like this podcast. And then in addition to that, I'm going to have a deadline for when everything needs to come to an end, regardless of whether I have another project or another job or another company lined up. What what is that light at the end of the tunnel? And when is the cutoff point for when I'm going to eventually exit the company? And that is really what has reframed my mindset. I started this podcast, which brings me un- unbelievable amounts of joy. And then I also decided for myself when I'm going to leave, what my cutoff date is going to be and how I'm going to structure my life. Because having that plan is really what makes you feel like you have control of your life again. And that is what I needed because I felt like it was decided for me when I was going to leave. And then it was decided for me that I was going to stay. And I didn't I felt like I didn't have control. I felt like I had been dragged across the pavement by this company and I'm finally taking that control back. So anyway, point of that whole spiel, see a shrink if you have insurance to cover it or if you want to pay out of pocket. It's definitely worth it to just talk to someone objective because she saw exactly what the solution was and I didn't, I, I couldn't see it for myself and now I feel so much more fulfilled because I know exactly you know, what I'm going to be doing next and having a plan. So yeah, now the whole spiel is done. The whole story is done. And I wanted to talk to you guys about some lessons that I learned um, and that I want to relay onto you all. If you are in a similar predicament or something like that, um, these are the lessons that I learned from my layoff experience. Number one, the power of your network. So Your network, I had always been told in my life that your network is something that, you know, broaden your network, connect with people, expand your network, you know, do all this networking shit. And I'd always said to myself, what is the actual purpose of a network? Like, I understand they help you get jobs, but like, eh, it can't be that serious. Now I understand I would not have gotten saved from my layoff. I would not have the job that I have now without people advocating for me. So what that means for all of you, regardless of what career you're in, you don't have to be in business. You don't have to work for corporate America the way I do. You just have to make sure that in every scenario, in every chance you get to network, network, add those people on LinkedIn, you know, keep the connection because you never know how that person can help you or help save you or help get you another role in the future. And I'm living proof that your your you know your network can quite literally save your career in a time of dire need. So definitely understand now the power of networking. The next thing I learned was that everything is temporary. And I I mean I feel like people are really realizing this with COVID-19. And just the fact that things are getting canceled left and freaking right. But I never truly understood. I always thought, like, I'm such a dramatic person, as you guys can tell. I had always thought that everything is so 
forever. For example, your first job is going to be, you know, your job for the rest of your life or for the next few years. But it's like, no, I mean, that those things can be ripped out of your hands and there's nothing you can do about it. So, you know, just make sure that you understand that everything is temporary, nothing's forever. And to my point earlier about that light at the end of the tunnel, you can survive things temporarily that will ultimately bring you happiness. And in the same vein, you know, something that right now is not the best could turn into something better or something that is perfect now won't last forever. So just know that everything is temporary and things can change in the blink of an eye. Like in February 2020, did we did we think that we would be in a global motherfucking pandemic and that all of this shit would happen by, you know, <laughs> September 2020? No, we had no idea. So everything can change and everything is temporary. The next thing I wanted to mention and, and something to, to note is that if you're in a situation where you have your offer rescinded or you're experiencing a layoff or, you know, anything of the sort um, regarding your career, you you can get through it by allowing yourself to really experience the sadness and the anger and go through those five stages of grief, like what I went through. Because I feel like if I didn't go through those stages... I would have been, you know, a hot mess and I wouldn't have been able to think strategically. I wouldn't have been able to articulate myself to my network in a way that is positive because in those conversations that I had with people, I wasn't like, fuck my life, y'all. I'm getting my ass laid off. Can you help me? I was like, hey, so here's my situation. You know, I recognize I took the time to be upset, but I'm trying to find ways to get myself out of this strategically do you have any advice or what can you do to help me or you know keep your eyes peeled no matter what that conversation looked like it always ended in a positive tone which made people want to then go and help me so make sure to experience everything you need to experience and then like i said do everything in your power everything in your power to salvage the situation whether that's an offer rescinded and you need to go and net leverage everyone in your network about a new company or a new opportunity. Um, or if you're in a layoff situation similar to mine, maybe you don't have two months, maybe you have two weeks, maybe you have, you know, whatever amount of time. Network your ass off and do everything in your power so that you can look back on that experience in two years or in, you know, six months, however long and say, hey, I, you know, left no stone unturned and I made sure that I did everything in my power to help resolve that issue when it was in my life. So had I not networked with everyone, had I not done any, everything I did, number one, I probably wouldn't have had the job that I have now. And number two, I would have felt immense amounts of regret that I didn't go through and make sure that I didn't, that I ticked every box, didn't leave any stone unturned, and that I knew I did everything in my power to help save my job. So even if I did get laid off, there would be peace and knowing that I did everything I could. Um, and, and, that, and that's the advice that I give to any of you who are experiencing something within the layoff or, you know, offer ascended realm. The other thing I learned is that some people are snakes. <laughs> 
Honestly, like not everyone has your best interests at heart. And I learned that the hard way. I think I was super naive about people's intentions. And you always hear that corporate America is like very cutthroat. And my experience had kind of been not so much that way. But through this experience, I've really learned not everyone has your best interests at heart. There are hella snakes up in this corporate America wheelhouse. And you know, just for example, for my situation, there were leaders, executives, managers that completely ignored me. Now, I don't know what happened behind the scenes, nor do I give two shits, but what I know is, is that that was shitty behavior. And that is the, and that's the behavior of someone who doesn't have your best interests at heart. And I had a teammate who I thought I was really tight with who didn't do shit to help me with my layoff, who didn't even talk about it after I had gotten the notice that I was going to be laid off, who just kind of completely ignored it. And I thought that she was one of those people that had my best interests at heart. So I'm the point of this is not to like out the snakes or spill the shea. The point is genuinely to just say that you need to notice and, and note that in situations like this, not everyone has your best interests at heart. And then... Also, lastly, I'll end kind of restating what I had stated from that shrink. Get out of something if it's shitty and make a plan for yourself. Anyone can withstand torture or can withstand depression or not depression, um, can withstand something depressing and something shitty up until a certain point. As long as there's that way out, then you can push yourself to keep going with something that's maybe bringing you down or maybe shitty so just know that is one of the biggest lessons learned is to just get out of something nothing is forever and you you need to make a plan for yourself if you truly want to escape or get out of a situation that maybe isn't fulfilling you in the way that it, that you think it should so yeah that is all the notes i have i've literally been talking for 39 minutes about career and about layoffs and everything um I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Like I said, it was definitely not one of the more funny ones. It was a lot more serious and a lot more gushy and ooey gooey. And I definitely bear all for you guys in this episode. But I hope that you enjoy it. I hope if you're experiencing something similar um, to an offer rescinded or to a layoff or maybe just difficulty finding a job in this crazy ass economy that we're in due to COVID, that this gives you some sort of peace and solace and know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel if you work your ass off, leverage your network and get yourself out of out of the situation that you're in doing everything you can. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you all finished your, your cups of shea. <laughs> and um, I hope you guys have a great day and stay tuned for next week's episode, which is going to be a little bit more lighthearted or maybe not. I don't remember what I have planned for next week. Maybe it might be deep, but we'll see. I'll, I'll at least incorporate a few more jokes than I did in this episode. Thank you all. <laughs>